Welcome to the Business Chef Podcast, where we learn from the best about the business side of the food service industry. Do you make food? Then let us help you make money doing it. Want to connect with us? Check us out at Make Food Make Money on Instagram or Facebook, or email us info at businesschef.org. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the Business Chef Podcast. I am your host, Chef Sean Boucher, and today we're talking about something that is really near and dear to my heart, something that I love, namely franchising. Franchising is something that I think is commonly misunderstood, but today we have one of the foremost experts on food service, franchising. Her name is Aicha, and she is going to really tell us a little bit about her knowledge base. She's written a book that we'll talk a little bit more about, but for now, let's talk to her and find out how she got her start in this business. I've been in the franchise industry for almost 30 years. It seems like it was yesterday. Uh, that was after I finished college. I actually had a little boutique and um, it didn't do so well, so I ended up closing it down. And I wanted to find a job where I could make enough money, pay my bills, and party on the weekends. I was 21 years old. And as I was thinking about that, a pizza delivery driver drove by in front of me uh, with a um, car top sign. I'm like, you know what? That looks like a cool job. You could drive around, deliver pizzas, make money, and uh, not have that many responsibilities. And so that's that was my start in the food industry, delivering pizzas. I just happened to be uh, joining a corporation that had excellent training and uh, growth opportunities. And from being a delivery driver, I became an assistant manager and a manager. and. I speak three languages, um, and so somebody suggested, why don't you join International? And I applied, and literally six weeks later, I'm opening the first store in Seville, Spain. And for the next three years, I was uh, dedicated to helping international franchisees either open their first units in their country or helping them improve the ones that they had. And my experience as an operator and a manager of the restaurants helped me get uh, the knowledge I needed to be able to help them in all those countries. So I did that for a while and eventually I was promoted and I was in charge of um, Central America and the Caribbean. So I did the international thing and eventually I didn't want to travel anymore. So I worked for a franchisee and I run the organizations for three years and uh, three of my stores ended up in the top 10 in the world in volume, which was a lot of fun. And then I came back to the U.S. and when I came back, I joined uh, the headquarters of one of the brands that I work for and I got the corporate side. So I had been an operator, worked for, um, uh, you know, in the restaurant industry regions and I actually ran a franchise. Now I'm in the corporate side seeing how that whole machine works and uh, how the vision of uh, all those projects. And so I did that for four years. It was amazing. And then after that, I, I, I went to Atlanta and I was running 63 restaurants in three states. So I got the vision of, of operations at a much larger scale. And uh, eventually I moved on to 
other QSRs and I learned about uh, drive-through and dine-in and um, and I don't know if you know this, but I actually work for Olive Garden too, that in restaurants, love that experience, what an amazing company. Uh, and my last uh, corporate job, you could say, I was uh, the head of the uh, franchise brand uh, Pretzel Maker, where I was actually um, the vice president of the brand running the organization. And that was a fantastic experience. So. I have a whole wide of experiences with uh, with the industry, and that's where it got me to where I am now, as a what I call a fr- I call myself a franchise advocate. I am I coach franchisees on how to uh, make the best ROI out of their investment in whatever franchise they acquire, and that's where I am today. So you're kind of a big deal. You've written a book, and why don't we talk a little bit about that book and how that kind of came to be? You know, um, I decided uh, I'm doing what I'm doing right now because I wanted to take a, a what I, I was calling a sabbatical. After all those years of experience in the industry, I wanted to take some time and dedicate it to my family uh, because my kids were going into high school and I wanted to spend the time with them, you know. And um, as I was doing that, I had uh, franchisees, uh, reach out to me when they found out that I was not in an official corporate job asking me for help. And one of them asked me if I would write a book. And I'm like, why would you want me to write a book? I said, well, because I can't ask you all the questions, Aisha, he said. Can you just put it all in a book? <laughs> and uh, because of him, I said, you know what, I, I can do that. And it took me a little while to make it happen. Uh, but I decided to put everything that I knew about running a franchise um, into the book, and that's how it came about. So the book, you know, it's funny because people ask me, why do I call it the franchise fix? And I tell them, well, you know, it's not, a lot of franchisees think that you they need to fix the franchise. And the reality is that if they bought, if they made the right choice and bought the right franchise brand, we're not fixing the franchise. I, what I'm fixing is the management systems that they have put in place or not, on how to best manage that brand. And um, so that's why the book is called The Franchise Fix and uh, and how the book came out. So obviously the book is about franchising and you know a lot about franchising. So let's break it down for those who don't know a lot about franchising. Talk about franchising. What is franchising? Sure, you know, I love franchising. I see franchising as the way to be able to make the American dream of business ownership a reality. Every human being has abilities and skills and some areas in which we're not very good at. And to be able to create a brand and the management program and uh, be able to you know, inspire people, it, it, this, it requires a lot of skills and abilities. And so when you buy a franchise, which is a proven brand system, where you are purchasing a product, a service, an image, and even national marketing that is working, that is proven viable and profitable in many places, then you're taking away the need to have all those skills. I mean, I don't even know how to cook. I've been in the food industry and I don't know anything about cooking. You know, I consider myself an assembly line operator because that's really what 
uh, most of the um, you know food service area you know businesses are you know you're assembling you have an assembly line with a specific um, menu and recipes and builds that you just follow every time consistently and I know how to do that very well but I don't know how to come up with a TV commercial that works you know I don't know how to do a marketing plan to attract new franchisee candidates you know there are certain things and skills that you know I'm not really great at and there are other things that I'm really good at and so the franchise model allows you to not have to be great at those things and still be able to be successful as long as you know how to manage the brand and so you're buying the brand systems like I said the product service and image what you do need to bring to the table is the knowledge of how to manage a business and uh, if you have that then you are going to be successful either that or hire a coach like me to teach you how to do it right or go to college and get a degree on that um, there are many ways that you can get that information but not everybody can come up with a great product design an amazing brand and image and building uh, and have the ability to do great commercials right and so I think that's what's the benefit of um, franchising. On the other hand, if you are very much of an entrepreneurial kind of person and you like to do things your own way and uh, you're not good at following uh, um, instructions and uh, uh, tight um, standards and procedures on how to do things, then maybe franchising might not be for you. Um, if you are a, you know, a chef that loves the art of cooking which you know uh, and culinary which I totally adore and I'm not, it's not me I love eating the food not making it then maybe franchising is not for you because in the franchise world um, you have to do exactly what the brand is and reproduce it exactly the way it is and that is a secret for success in franchising and so that's the con of it if you like to do your own thing um, then that might not be for you so obviously you've got a lot of experience with this again. So talk about some of the brands that you have seen that are successful and some of those brands that maybe aren't so successful. And what is it that makes successful brands and what are some of the pitfalls of some of the brands that have not done so well? Hmm. That will be a long answer, but let me just put it this way. Uh, the brands that I've seen be successful and I have been in brands that are very successful and I have been in brands that have turned around their brand, their organization into becoming successful. So I've been able to see what they've done to make that happen. And I think that first you have a you need to have that proven system, right? A really good product, great uh, service process, a, an image that might be, you know, that is good, but is also flexible to be updated and upgraded as needed. And a great marketing team that can maximize the marketing dollars that the franchisees are paying to promote the brand. So if you have really good uh, brand systems and the training materials and tools to be able to teach the franchisees how to implement them, then uh, that's important. I've seen brands that uh, sometimes they make changes without really testing them well and ends up being... Um, an investment that hurts everybody. So it's it's I think it's very important to, to have really solid brand system so that you can uh, then give the franchises what they pay for. 
And something else that is really important, I think, for the success of a brand is communication and collaboration between the franchisor and the franchisees. I know that everybody that I have come in touch with in the corporate side of a franchise, everybody wants their franchisees to do well. The thing is that sometimes they don't have enough information to be able to make that happen. And so that's where the collaboration with the franchisees that are in the you know, in the trenches doing the work and applying whatever the headquarters, you know, on the corporate side comes up with, um, they can provide the feedback that is very valuable in order to the franchisor be able to make the best decisions possible. And so I think that the ones, the brands that do the best job are the ones that really make the effort to have great, solid product, service, image, and marketing. And they collaborate with the franchisees to understand that whenever they make decisions, they have to be win-win for both sides. On the other hand, the brands that I've seen that haven't been as successful are the ones that don't understand that they have to continually work on providing that solid brand that has to evolve and change and improve through the years. And, and at the same time, they don't communicate and don't involve the franchisees as much as they should. And so what happens is that they miss important things and they make decisions that they think might be the right ones, but at the end end up being either a win-lose decision or even a loss-loss decision. And, uh, and that's what, if you do many of those decisions that way, you end up with a, with a, ser- a serious situation in your brand. And so I think that's the, the critical difference. And, um, you know, there's one other thing that is, uh, uh, important that the franchisees, when they acquire the brand, that they understand that when they buy a franchise, they're buying those brand systems. They're not buying a business degree. And so they need to be able to get themselves educated uh, on how to best manage that brand and manage the business so that they can be successful at it too. So the franchisees also have the responsibility in the matter. But that's what I've seen so far, you know, in my career. So Obviously, you work with a lot of different people and have worked with a lot of different backgrounds and seen a lot of things in franchising. But what is it or, or what is it that people need to look for when they go to to buy a franchise or they go to get into this world of franchising? What are some of the things that you've seen that have worked well for people and maybe some of those things that they've struggled with a little bit or maybe just didn't understand when they were getting into it? Yeah, I think that probably the biggest decision, uh, the biggest mistake is that they don't get educated enough to understand what it really means to own a franchise. Um, while it is true that a big part of the business is taken care of by buying and, acqu- and acquiring a franchise of a proven system, it does not mean that it's going to be easy. It's not as glamorous as people think it is. It's still going to be work. And... Um, there's a big difference between the franchisees uh, that buy a franchise in the U.S. and international. Uh, brands, usually, when you go in international, you are selling the franchise to probably one person, one group, one organization, and they're usually selling either the whole country master franchise or a regional franchise. There, you will rarely find yourself with an American brand that sells one unit in a country outside the U.S. Usually they make agreements with organizations that are committing to develop the whole country. So 
really the in the in the meantime in the U.S. people do buy individual franchises, so it's a different business model in the U.S. versus an international. And so the mistakes are different, right? So here in the U.S., the biggest mistake is that people don't understand that even though you're buying a franchise, it is still not, uh, you know, an easy thing to do. There's still work involved. You still need to work, especially if you have one unit. You're going to be opening that unit, closing that unit, and working it to be able to understand the business. And until you have multiple units, uh, you really are acquiring a job. And um, and so that's the that's the, I think the biggest mistake that people don't really understand that that's that that is still a business. When you in international is a whole different situation. In international, the mistakes that I've seen is uh, that they believe that they are going to get more support than they actually do get. And so these franchisors that are usually you know very uh, well off business organization or business people. Uh, they don't really want to get their hands dirty and they delegate a lot to other people. And so now they find themselves depending on those employees to be trained and manage their business. And sometimes they have the right people and sometimes they don't. And so, and they make a much bigger investment because what they paid for is not for one unit, but for a whole country. And so, and so that's where they had to be a lot more careful and the mistakes are a lot more costly. So, you know, that's what uh, I see as the biggest mistake and the fact that they don't understand that what you're getting again is only the brand systems, not how to manage it. And so uh, that's one of the things that people think, OK, you know, they're going to tell me everything. But the reality is that you're only getting half of the business that you need. And um, that's another mistake. You know, I think you make a good point. And I think this is something that I've seen in my career when dealing with franchisees is that a lot of times we feel like we're going to buy this business that's just going to run and we don't have to manage it or we don't have to be as involved with it. But the bottom line is that if you've got one location, especially if you've got one location, you are in that thing as much as you are any other business that's yours. You are running it and managing it. Once you get to the point where you've got multiple locations, it's a little different. I'm guessing you've probably seen similar. Oh yeah, absolutely. I tell I tell everybody if you have one unit, you have a job. You are your own boss. You are you have the flexibility of creating your own schedule, but it's still a job. You're still opening, you're still closing, you're still doing inventory, and you're doing like you said, the hiring, the firing, and all of the hands-on. Because if you have one unit only, on based on average volume and average profitability, and then you're not managing it then most of your profits are going to be going to paying a manager to run it. And whatever is left is not going to be enough for you to live on. Uh, so And so that's the thing. When you buy one unit on average, of course, there are much higher volume uh, franchises. And it sometimes is based on location and, you know, uh, opportunity. But on average, one franchise is like you're buying a job. Now, once you go into a multi-unit, which is why I um, recommend to my, to my clients, uh, now, now you're working on an, an enterprise. Once you go into a multi-unit, now you're going to get into the higher volumes. You're going to be able to then, you know, be uh, a, a district manager or overseer. And, and depending on how many units, you can eventually hire a district manager to oversee your your units. And then you can be what I call a multi-unit franchise owner. But until the, such time that you get to that level, you know, 
you, what you have is a job. And, and, you know, and I actually see it as a very good thing because if you, as you open your first unit and you get to know it, uh, so well that you, by you managing it, you know exactly what the business entails and you are able to later on hire the right people to do the right job. And then you know if they're doing the right job. And if they're not, you can then decide, is it because of training or is it because of motivation? And then you can do the right thing to make sure that they and you are successful. But if you're not really familiar and as knowledgeable because you maybe in one year went quickly into a multi-unit and didn't spend the necessary time to understand the business, then you will not be able to know it and operate it as well as if you had done it yourself. And so there is a benefit, I think, about running your own business, the first one, for a little while before you grow. But definitely my recommendation always is you have to grow. Guys, there is so much information that she is sharing with us, and I think it is so valuable. Not only are we learning about franchising and some of the pitfalls of it, but she is about to drop a ton of knowledge on us with in regards to choosing how to choose a franchise and the right franchise for you. So because of that, we are splitting this into two episodes. So next week, make sure you tune in to the Business Chef Podcast because we are going to have the continuation of Aisha's explaining to us a little bit more about the franchise world. So Thanks for sticking around. Thanks for being a part of things. But part two will be next week. Hey, thanks for sticking around. Be sure to share this podcast with your friends, family, coworkers, or anyone who's interested in making food and money. And when you get a second, Give us a review. It really helps us get the word out as well as letting us know how we're doing. Want to connect with us? Check us out at Make Food Make Money on Instagram or Facebook. Or email us, info at businesschef.org.